Good evening and welcome to this special edition of Editing Aloud. We're going to be with you for a full hour today, but kind of broken into two parts. The first from now until 9 o'clock and the second from 9.30. TV scheduling is a tough taskmaster and I'm grateful to our producers for finding the extra time. The issue is the Sunday Times and the pressure engulfing it and its editor to reveal more and apologise more for what has become self-evident were major lapses in reporting and editing in three huge stories which directly assisted the project of state capture during the two administrations of President Jacob Zuma. I'd like this hour to reach some consensus on what can reasonably be done to account and possibly atone for the errors made and the damage done to people and institutions. But first, um, let me introduce uh, my panel. First is the Deputy Managing uh, Editor of, of Tiso Blackstar's media, media division, <coughs> Mishweshwa Monari in the, in, the, in the white shirt. Uh, thanks very much for coming on. Most of the rest of the company leadership, including most of its editors and the editor of the Sunday Times, are in Shanghai as guests of the Chinese government. We're also joined by Stembiso Msomi, the editor of Sowetan, and political editor, former political editor of the Sunday Times, and briefly deputy editor of the Sunday Times. And, um, and we're also joined by Franz Kruger, who is a... Um, uh, I don't want to get the title, your title wrong. You, he's an adjunct professor of journalism at Wits University and a very experienced journalist in his own right. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Franz, you were the co-author with Anton Haber uh, of an earlier report into newsroom failures at the Sunday Times. Because that surely is what issue here, a series of very serious structural failures um, in the newsroom, which had they not occurred, even if journalists were deliberately trying to file tainted copy, wouldn't have succeeded. Um, and clearly something serious uh, and transparent has to be done to fix that. Um, uh, that early investigation was done under Mondi Makanya's editorship. Then Ray Hartley ran the paper when the Cato Manor police death squad stories were run. Felicia Oppelt was there a few years later to oversee the stories that gutted SARS. But let's start here. The other day, Bongani Sikoko uh, published a second successive apology for the stories. That's his job, even though he wasn't on the paper when they ran. The apology was sincere and long, and you have to feel for the man, but it didn't cut it. The country wants more answers, more justice. And I was best epitomized, I thought, by this Facebook posting um, by Pete Richer, a guy I've known and respected for more than 40 years. He was forced out of SARS by the state capture project. Um, and I'm going to ask uh, Mushweshwa Monari to just talk a little bit uh, to what Pete Richard posted. And Mosh, there was even on, on reading what Pete Richard is saying and reading again Bongani Sitkoko's apology and retraction of those stories, of all of them now, not just SARS as he did the previous Sunday, there is some emotional detachment there. It might be because he wasn't the editor. Um, but it, 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 Pete Richard in that posting there is looking for more. Um, he, he's basically saying, if I'm not, um, yeah, basically, why is it so difficult for them, that's Tiso Blackstar, the Sunday Times, to admit fully that they were used, their management has failed to institute proper systems, and that some members of their staff were complicit in the state capture project? Uh, look, up, um, uh, the editor of the Sunday Times, Bongani, uh, fully, openly, and honestly, um, admitted to the system's failures. And also he admitted to the fact that while they may have uh, been focusing on um, stories that any journalist would want to look and investigate, 
there were manipulations going on, there were political projects that, um, um, uh, that was going on, and the failure actually um, emanated from the fact that there, were, there was no focus of that manipulation, which means there was gullibility, which means there, was, the, the, there were no journalistic checks to say, what is the motive behind these sources? What are they trying to achieve? Which, if it had happened, they would have understood that actually they are being used. Or, alternatively, their stories will be exploited or abused by these sinister um, sources to achieve a political goal. And that's where we failed. And that's why the editor of the Sunday Times said, that's the failure. It's not like, um, which I, I would want to disagree with those who are saying that deliberately and intentionally, the reporters and the editor of the Sunday Times then, the editors of the Sunday Times then, conspired or sat down with these um, uh, sinister forces to destroy these institutions, to make sure that um, 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 a lot of but, people are But why did they not listen to the voices they were telling them? For instance, on the SARS stories, Pearly Jabeir was jumping up and down in Cape Town saying that this is complete rubbish, to the point where she had to resign because nobody would listen to her. And when, when she asked to speak to Felicia Oppelt, Felicia said she didn't want to talk, didn't want to hear what she said. No, that's why I, say I do agree when, yeah. um, 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 as to the fact that there was a failure to yeah. look at the other side. Yeah. And had they engaged fully the other side yeah. and not just went to them for comments. I think that's what um, Mr. Risha is yeah. pointing out there to say, don't come to me to say what's your comment about the story because you have already made a conclusion that your first source um, is truthful about the information that he has. But if you say to me, I do have an information, let's sit down, you would, as a journalist, you would be able to independently um, discover the truth between um, your source and the people, the subject got, of your critical I've got, uh, a, I've got a, I've invited both Ray Hartley and Rob Rose onto the show. Rob is in China and Ray um, declined to come on for the moment, but he did send me a WhatsApp message, which I'll read out uh, uh, to everybody in a moment. But the other, ch you know, the other voice shouting, "No, no, no! This is just check this, check this." Was uh, on the on the death squad story, where Johan Bort is, is now saying, as he did in the Sunday Times, that he told Stefan Hofstetter just to go and check two or three things: check the helicopter logs, check whether he gave, handed in evidence at the police station that he pointed to, just over the road. Surely, surely that reporter comes back and tells his editor, or is there no connection? Are these investigators completely sort of locked out of the system? I mean, are they their own masters? No, no I, I agree with you to say, um, uh, Mr. Uh, General Boyson is right to say, um, our journalist ignores his information. And I personally attribute that to um, one of the failures in journalism where people are married to their sources, where we believe too much what our sources say. And actually, it's not the duty of journalists to believe their sources, but the duty of the journalists to get to the bottom of the story. And had they done that, they would have realized that actually the truth lies uh, somewhere in between. And secondly, they would have realized that they may have been played by these sources, especially when you know that some of these sources uh, you know, clearly have a political yeah. motive. Sure. You know, that's why I agree to say we're gullible to the manipulation and the, the political machinations.
But where I disagree is where um, uh, people are accusing us of deliberately and complicitly um, engaged in the state capture in yeah. order to destroy these institutions. Yeah. Very briefly, um, Sambisa, you were on the paper for a long time as political yeah. editor, briefly deputy editor. <laughs> Was there a culture in the, in, the, in the newsroom of the investigators being sort of above the law? Not necessarily above the law, but I think the, the kind of treatment you gave to just general uh, reporters, whether it's political journalists or business journalists or general crime reporters was different from the, the treatment you gave to, to the investigations guys because the assumption is that they are quite senior. The assumption is that they deal with quite sensitive information. So sometimes if questions arise in the newsroom, you will get to a point where you believe that maybe the information is too sensitive to continue asking, which then led to some of these questions that were being asked from outside coming to the newsroom, but if you are being told that you don't fully understand what is going on, then it becomes acceptable. So yeah. I think that has been one of the weaknesses with, 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 with some of these stories. Even the physical location of the investigations units when we were yeah. in the old uh, building, they were not in the same uh, space as all the other <laughs> news reporters. They had their own. Did they report to the news editor? Uh, well, no, no. indirectly. How is that possible? They, I mean, that is actually that's staggering. Actually. Yeah, they, they reported Absolutely staggering. I think it started. Who did that? Well, it's the first investigations unit, which was quite good, which, uh, by the way, also involved in Z, yeah. started under, under Mike Robertson. So yeah. I think. After the investigations unit was, was disbanded, a new one that, that started followed the same route where the guys really yeah. report to, to, to the editor or the deputy editor, but the news editors just get informed. I want to ask, and we've got, we, 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 I just wanted to, uh, so I, I didn't introduce them. We have um, Max Dupree on, on the phone line from Cape Town, and Max, we'll talk to you in a minute, but I wanted just to ask Franz Kruger who did the original report into the Sunday Times newsroom, whether any of this sounds familiar? Oh, completely. Um, and, I mean, besides having worked on, the, on that report, I mean, I was a sub on the Sunday Times in the early 2000s for some time after I'd left the SABC. And one has that memory of the unit being in a separate room with a digital lock on the door. And as subs, if you had queries on stories, you couldn't go in there. Um, you had to kind of really carefully move uh, to get access to, to the team. Who put the lock there? I, that I can't tell you. Do you, um, do you know? Does anybody know who put the lock uh, look, there? Look, we take responsibility. When yeah. you talk about system failures, that's yeah. what we are talking about. Yeah. To say there was a culture, which to be honest, um, um, you could actually add, uh, say more than 15 years old, where investigative journalists were treated as people who were not accountable in this. They were, um, they were in fact, a rogue unit, in uh, a way. Um, I wouldn't put it that way. Well, why not? I mean, but, I mean it's a... It's but that led to a situation where their stories were not tested. Yeah. They were not interrogated by a wider yeah. uh, news diary, which uh, b b comprises of senior yeah. editorial leadership. Because in that sense, someone could have, would have um, uh, given a, a, a different dimension, different yeah. perspective. And to me, that's, that's why uh, Bongani okay. Sikoko, for the, for the record and benefit of the, um, of the viewers, yeah. um, uh, um, made sure that actually there's still investigations, journalists, but they should be accountable mm -hmm. and they should uh, go through uh, yeah. the editing process that everyone is expected what to What recommendations through. did you make, France, in your report originally? Well, there was a whole long list of, 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 of recommendations, but certainly, you know, with regard to the investigative... 
with the investigative unit, we felt that it needed to be better integrated and better controlled. I mean, one understands, of course, that there are stories that, are that involve highly sensitive documents, highly sensitive sources that need to be safeguarded um, over a period of some weeks, months even. Um, and I think that, you know, that one does need to recognize that. But of course, it can't become a law unto itself. Yeah. I mean, our concern, I think, when we, when we penned the report was that, you know, there was a culture of, of there, there was a lack of skepticism, I want to say. It was built into the way in which editorial meetings were held. There was very little challenging um, that went on. There, yeah. was, there was a kind of hostile questioning that went on, which sought to undermine rival um, kind of departments. Um, but there was not the kind of skepticism that, uh, you know, that one would look for. So, for instance, there, there wasn't a chief sub. Um, and often, as somebody said to us at the time, the chief sub is the troll under the bridge, yeah. the person who kind of throws the obstacles into the air. And you need that. Yeah. You need somebody to say, actually, there is an alternative explanation for this. Or have you checked this? Or what happened there? It's one of a number of checks and balances, I think. And of course, you know, the story I was looking at the report this morning, what is interesting about that whole exercise was that compared to what we're dealing with now, the missteps were way smaller. Yeah. You know, there was a story about Transnet at the time selling the sea, and it was just kind of funny in a way. I mean, in this case, these are stories that have really that have wrecked the country. Cru crucial yeah. um, state institutions. Yeah. And of course, we're lives, to, as, we, as, as people we, we're, going to, we're going to talk to Max Dupree after this little break. Um, and please don't go away. We'll see you in a few seconds. Welcome, welcome back. So with us on the line from Cape Town, we have uh, Max Dupree, who's also written a column uh, following Bongani Sikoko's apology on Sunday, saying that more needs to be done. And... Um, uh, we should have that on the screen for you, but we also want to talk to you, Max, about, about, the, um, about the Sunday Times itself. I mean, I'm sure you and I, more or less the same age, have been reading the Sunday Times for more than 50 years now. Um, and it's become a different paper uh, from the one I remember. I mean, how do you, what, what do you see it when you, when you look at the paper now? People, you're on the phone, Max, very patiently. Max the patient. Um, but uh, on screen is, is, a, is, a, is a takeout from your column suggesting that, uh, you know, the Zondo Commission might be a good way to interrogate what's happened here. Um, uh, um, but, and, and you basically say without the names of all of the people involved in this sordid chapter, we won't know the whole story of the state capture project. Uh, that took our country to the brink, and quite rightly, I'm sure a lot of people would agree with you. But just talk about the paper that you knew and that you see today. Yeah, I was a former political correspondent of the Sunday Times. Um, so I spent a few years of my, of my life there. Uh, it is a crucial uh, part of our media landscape. Um, the Sunday Times, well, my first uh, part of the, my life at the Sunday Times was under Tush's Maybach, um, and we had our severe clashes. But there was a, a culture, an old-school culture of check and double-check and going through the ranks, whoever you were. I mean, I never got a piece of copy in the paper without Maybach not seeing it. Um, so th th this latest thing of, of an investigative unit, uh, like almost the elite unit, that could do whatever it wanted, 
uh, there's something alien to me. And, and this whole thing hurts me because the Sunday Times is so important in, in, in our landscape. And I, I think the public watching this, if they're wondering why we are sitting here as journalists dripping out our own guts, it's because we care uh, about a, a, a crucial paper like the Sunday Times. But also, this is not a usual, ordinary little slip-up. What we're talking about here was instrumental to the capture and paralysis of SARS and of the Hawks. And, and we South Africa is, has paid for it and is still paying for it and will pay for a long time for it. Would you agree, yeah. would you agree with me, Max, that, that, that it was because it was the Sunday Times? In other words, had, the, had these stories appeared, and I mean no disrespect to City Press or in City Press or the Sunday Independent, that they wouldn't have been taken as seriously as they were? Yeah, I think, I think that to, to an extent that is true. The Sunday Times is the biggest, it's the standard, uh, it's, it's supposed to be the Rolls Royce. And uh, I, I felt pain when I read uh, Mongani Sitoko's uh, second apology. But it also left me uh, feeling like I felt at the Truth, Commission's year, Truth Commission hearings when the media bosses were called by Desmond mm -hmm. Tutu to come and talk about the media's role in apartheid, and every single one of them, apart from us and the alternative media, sent someone who said, well, I wasn't there. I wasn't responsible for it. So here's a little bit of an explanation. And, and I also feel sorry for some of the other journalists uh, who we haven't mentioned, who get mentioned in this, and, and it reminds me of... Uh, a Springbok sub who's been sent on uh, to take over. And three minutes later, because of warnings that the referee had gone, had given, that guy gets a yellow card, although he had done nothing wrong. Um, but my question to the Sunday Times is, why hasn't the paper launched its own investigation as a, a journalistic project, as a story on who used them, why were they so used? Because we have more or less all the information. Johan Boysen was framed because he was a highly successful Hawk general. He was investigating Prussian Pande. He was about to, to jump on him, and he was a, a, a Zuma benefactor. Anwar Dramat and Shadrach Sabir were investigating Richard and Clooney, and they were compromised. Um, the, the so-called drug unit of Pelé and Richard and von Lochenberg were investigating all Zuma's rich friends. And, and all those investigations stopped, and we lost tens and tens of billions in tax money. So this is not an ordinary story, and, and I think the Sunday Times should do more than just an apology, actually treat this as a new story. Can I just ask you if you, you there's a there's a sort of a, a whistle on your on your line? Are you near anything, sort of any piece of electronic equipment that might be on? I I am not, and I also hear it. I I find it difficult to speak to. Like. Okay, now let's let, let's carry on. So you think the Sunday Times ought to treat it as it is a good news story, um, and it would be a good one to break. And probably your suggestion, I'm sure mine would be, do it through the news editor. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a, this is a new story, um, and it should be done. And I, I stand on my column, which I, I see Sanif doesn't agree with, that uh, we should ask uh, Hotstutter and Africa uh, before somebody, 
maybe as the media body, maybe the Zonder Commission, compel them to, to uh, out their sources, because these are not journalistic sources. These were um, nasty, evil agents who can't be treated like whistleblowers. They had a political agenda. They, this was a political project. And, and so it's probably criminal. And uh, I think we, we need the names. And, and I think we need to go further than the names because, you know, Felicia Oppel's name is mentioned often here. And I think we need to put into this package that Felicia, when confronted with all this stuff, and Pearly was shouting, and, and people were screaming all over this, that, that this is nonsense, she went to someone who was in the heart of SARS. He was actually on the Kruen Commission. And his name was Rudolf Mastenbrook. He's an advocate. And he happened to be her ex-husband. And he vouched for these stories. And I think we should ask Rudolf Mastenbrook also and get him before a commission and say, why did you tell Felicia that these stories were correct? Can I tell him that? Uh, yeah, sure. Peter, in response. Uh, look, um, Max, the uh, Bongani did um, consider what you're saying, but um, his dilemma comes from the fact that we were um, going to be seen as defensive um, for uh, the primary reason that every journalist uh, will know that um, your source has a particular motive, wants to achieve a particular objective. And as a result, it's up to the journalists themselves to verify the information and make sure that whatever is printed ultimately is what they believe is the truth, not necessarily what the source told them. So if we're going to st start saying that uh, go and oust your source, then we kind of like pass the buck. We're passing the buck. And uh, it's a dereliction of duty because it's people who should have verified the information before believing um, whoever source. I mean, we have all manner of sources and we know that some of them are not really motivated by the public good, but by the fact that they've got an objective, they've got an agenda. And the failure was not, uh, was for the Sunday Times or whoever was uh, there, not to interrogate the agenda and make the conclusion and independently verify the information. These are not ordinary whistleblowers, and yes, you're correct. Most people who blow the whistle uh, want revenge or they want to do damage to somebody. But if they speak the truth, their motivation is not so relevant. And they should be protected at all costs, as I have done at great expense to myself many times. But these guys were not sources or whistleblowers in any sense of the word. They were deliberately sent to facilitate the capture and paralysis of state institutions. Point number one. Point number two, this is not just a new story. This is a story of national importance. This is, a, is, is not just about journalism. People who listen to this feel that we don't have a, a, a working criminal justice system, and some of it being being crippled, and we're feeling that in, in when we pay the state pays its bills, because of these few sources and these few journalists. So it suddenly lifts it out as just another story. And, uh, and I think this, this ghost will not go to rest unless we know who talked to Ms. Jilikazi and Stefan. This is, this is not going to go away. I mean, people want to know who did this. 
Sorry, yeah. France, you. No, I, I want to echo that. I mean, I think, um, I, think I, don't, I don't think one should get stuck on this question of whether these people should be named or not. I mean, Max's fundamental point, and I think I would really echo that, is there is a need to understand exactly what happened. Um, and, I mean, my point, in my, uh, I tweeted this earlier you know, in response to, to Bungani Koko's um, column, which I thought was brave and thoughtful in many ways, is that I, I, I think we need to go further, precisely because, as Max says, this is a matter of public, of, of huge national importance. We need to understand who and how um, the paper was played, what, what those mechanisms were. I mean, my understanding is there was some attempt um, by someone else uh, earlier this year to unpack exactly how, how this happened, and it, it became very difficult. One understands that it's difficult, but I think it is necessary to be seen to be doing that, both for the paper itself and for, and for journalism uh, more generally. I mean, the New York Times in the early 2000s was yes. faced with Jason Blair, a young reporter who suddenly it emerged was fabricating stuff, was making up that he was in places where, that he hadn't visited, making up quotes. Um, uh, you know, uh, and how did they deal with it? Well, I mean, of course... He won they a Pulitzer Prize, didn't he, or something? Or, or um, no, I I'm not no, sure that yeah, that went no, that far. far. Yeah. But, um, but uh, you know, he was dealt with internally, but then what they embarked on was a huge investigation into exactly what happened and what systemic failures allowed it to happen. Um, and they published a 7,000-word essay on their front page, which kind of unpacked it in a huge amount of detail. They took it as an exercise in reporting, reporting what happened in this particular but instance. But Stembisa, and, 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 and thanks for that, Max and France, how difficult would it be to go into a newsroom now and begin, this is, this, this, these events are now eight, nine years old in some cases, yeah. um, to, to begin to remember the sequencing and conversations that go into a rush, I presume, on Saturday afternoon to finalize the front page or whatever it might be, um, uh, you know, so-and-so whispers something, but did you hear it properly and did you ignore them? Or, you know, how did un unknitting that would be like, would be like, like trying to sort of unscramble eggs? I agree that it should be difficult, but because the stories went on for such a long time, yeah. there would be a lot to remember from, from people who were there. For instance, one of the, of the claims that was made, I think, with the, with the SARS story, was that uh, one of the reporters was saying they would not see their stories before they are published. I mean, that you can verify yeah. easily because uh, PDF, uh, PDFs are sent to, to, to reporters. If that didn't yeah. happen with him, it would, yeah. be, it would be unusual. But people do, do read their stories, yeah. the stories that, that they had written. And these guys were senior enough sometimes to call in call the subs desk and say, change that line, change that sentence. It's issues that you can go back and, uh, and, and, and look into. And I think that, that that sort of activity, whether it's yeah. done internally or Most outside are, Canada. There's still records, right? I mean, they're, 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 they're a, the computers have all of these exchanges. Yeah, yeah sure. I, I just wanted also to um, respond to Franz's point. Um, look, I agree with you. If the focus is not going to be about who are these people, but to say how were we, we played. That we welcome. If there's any, I think even Bongani made the, the editor of the Sunday Times made that point when he said he would welcome any uh, um, external investigations and even what Sanef has uh, um, announced. Because like Max is saying that this is really a matter of, of national importance. It's not just a question of um, just yeah. uh, news, newsroom failures. We will welcome that. If it's going to be about how were we played and how do we prevent this? Because the danger with this, uh, uh, um, you know, the political climate yeah. 
that we, yeah. we, we are in as South Africa. We are likely to... Um, we, we will see you back if you're enjoy, enjoying this as much as I am. I hope you are. We'll see you back in half an hour um, with the rest of the conversation, which will be about how to fix it. Welcome back to Editing Aloud, the second, the second half of an hour-long special. Um, and I hope you're all still there, that you've had your coffee and, uh, and are back in your seats. I want to just read a, a WhatsApp message that Ray Hartley, who was editor of the Sunday Times at the time of the Death Squad story, Kato Manor Death Squad story, sent me. He's, um, I invited him onto the show. He, he wasn't comfortable. And obviously, both Ray Hartley and, uh, and Rob Rose, who was also uh, on the original byline of that story, uh, under tremendous pressure at the moment, so I understand it. But he said to me, it sickens me to think that those intent on abusing state power for corrupt purposes use the Sunday Times for their ends. I hope that the Sanif investigation will be thorough, independent, and unsparing in its efforts to get to the bottom of what happened. And uh, uh, Jacques Poe, uh, the president's keepers, probably the most famous journalist in the country at the moment, mentioned Ray Hartley and Rob Rose in his column, in the current column he has this week, which will, uh, some of which will, be, uh, will appear on the screen in a moment. There we go. Max, um, Ray's point doesn't really job with yours. You want the Sunday Times to investigate itself. Yes. Uh, and not an internal investigation like Anton and, and others did for them earlier. Yeah. I want them to, to do this as a news story. As It'll be sort of practice. This is an investigation. This, I mean, people would read this. It would be a banner headline. It's an important story. And there are sources. I mean, McIntosh and Polela, yeah. who was a colonel in the Hawks, tweeted this week that he went to Africa and Nostrata with the rendition story that sank Dramat and, and, and Sabia. Yeah. And he said to them, you are being played. You are wrong. And they didn't listen. Now, we can go to McIntosh and ask him. Yeah. We were inside the Hawks. Who, who, who should we talk to? What, what evidence do you have? Yeah. Take from that. This is a new piece of investigative journalism. Yeah, although he's, 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 playing, he's playing a little bit with it because, because um, he wants to go to a, a forum that's acceptable, like I presume the Zondo Commission or a court or something like that. Would he talk to a Sunday Times journalist? One wonders. But, and, and France, I mean, you, you're talking about the New York Times. Just now. It's investigated itself and... and probably did very well in, in for, did well for itself in doing so. But I just wonder whether there's a capacity on the Sunday Times now to do that. I mean, obviously, the, there are people still in the building uh, who were involved, um, but they can't write the story. Somebody else has got to write the story um, because it involves, because it, you know, it involves them. I mean, how do you do that? How do you put that together? Well, fair point. I mean, you know, the, the, the modality, I mean, how that exactly would be done, I, you know, one, one would have to have a look at. I mean, it seems to me that there, that, there are, that there are things that need to happen at different levels. I mean, I think that there is a real need to understand specifically what happened in this case. Um, uh, at the same time, I think that there is a broader question about the, the role that the media more generally played within state capture. You know, and that takes us into the role of the, you know, the connection between independent newspapers and, and the PIC. It takes us into the payments made by multi-choice um, to, to the SABC and Gupta entities and so on. Um, and that clearly is another, another and broader sure. question. Um, I mean, the SANF investigation, I think, is really interesting. 
Um, we will have to see, I think a lot will depend on how that is framed and what that is able to do and also frankly what kind of resources they bring to the yeah. table. Because to do an inquiry properly, you know, you need to do it properly. You need to actually make sure that you have the and capacity to reach people. That's investigating what the, what the Sunday Times is investigating because you'll just, well, you know, it'll drive everybody <clears throat> mad. I mean, some, someone has to lead this process. Yeah. I think we're at a stage now where we're considering, I mean, as, as, as people in the field, what is the best way to tackle this going forward? And what do you think it might be? Um, well, I, I, you know, I like both of the ideas of an inquiry that looks broadly at, 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 at state capture. Um, I also do like the, the idea that Max is putting forward of a really journalistic investigation. Um, how that involves the Sunday Times itself, you know, one would have to see. Clearly, something like the New York Times has, has way but more you see, resources. If you speak to somebody, if a journalist now is in the, in, currently in the building went to speak to Rob Rose and ask him about his role, um, let's say in the, in the, um, uh, in the, in, in the in, not the rendition, the uh, Death Squad story, mm. he would tell you that, first of all, he was out of the country when the story broke, when the team got the story, right? It was, it, it was the initial source was Amnesty International, actually. Um, uh, who were very concerned with the fact that 43 people or whatever had died. I mean, that is a story, you know, and, and it's worth, it was worth them paying, the Sunday Times paying some attention to it. it. Rob, and I believe him, genuinely, because we've discussed it, he genuinely doesn't remember why his name was on the story in the first place. He says his contribution was nothing. He helped write it. Um, he didn't make calls. Yeah, Max. Bungar needs to talk more seriously, and I do. Yeah. I think he's one of the new rising stars in, yeah. in our profession, and I like the guy. Yeah. He's saying in both his uh, apologies yeah. that you can trust us now. This is a new Sunday Times. Yeah. There's a new management team. There are new terms. These guys are also now out. So this is, there's now an arm's length between that Sunday Times yeah. and today's Sunday Times. So today's Sunday Times can investigate that Sunday Times yeah. and say, we, are, we can review today. This is, what happened. this is how the Sunday Times was used then by whom but it's still, and for it's what still got to go and ask. It's still got to go and ask Pit Rampetti, and it's still got to go and ask Mziwa Africa yeah. and still ask Stefan Hofstede who their sources were. Yeah, and absolutely. why would they tell them? Well, if they don't tell them, there are other ways, and that's why you have investigative journalists. Uh, you go to a guy who's guilty of a crime, he's not going to just commit it. You've got to dig. You've got to dig. You've got to go to Macintosh. You've got to go to other sources in the Hawks. You've got to go interrogate uh, Pete and, and Ivan. They have theories. I mean, some of the theories are in Jan von Rochenberg's book. You go and ask Jacques. He's got some theories. Yes. And test them. It's a piece of investigative journalism. Is the you, you've got to, you've got to actually fund this? Um, the controversy uh, will be we funding this, uh, um, this uh, as a result. Uh, we, uh, but um, the I mean to do to, to do this, the Sunday Times the Sunday Times needs money and time. And Look, like, uh, like, like I said, we, we, we uh, Bongani made it clear to say we are open to any suggestion mm. because mm. it's not really in our interest to cover up anything. Yeah. It's not in Bongani's interest to cover. He was not there. He looked at the, actually he did internal investigation himself mm. and look at, that is why he, his conclusion, he was not even pressured by anyone externally. Mm. It was his own conclusion after conducting internal investigation and making a conclusion to say we there were a lot of errors, there were a lot of uh, failures, and we have to own up to them. That's why I'm saying that we are, 
Um, we cannot be defensive about it, especially if uh, there are people who are genuinely concerned about the state of journalism and what happened, and they want to uncover what happened with the aim of uh, preventing it from happening again. But so the, we, we are mm, open to that. I mean, the, the, you know, the people at the end of the story are the Sunday Times readers. I mean, and mm. if you, if you, you know, you, if you, if you don't put your arms around them and hold them close to you, they'll leave. Um, I agree. And, yeah, I and agree. It's, that's yeah, the terrible it's not thing even, about it. It's not even just about the readers. Like I said, to me, it's, uh, it, it goes back to the question of public trust, yeah. the faith, that, and also the role that the media is supposed to be playing. And if you are not playing that role, there's no way you can I mean, Max uh, is purport Max to is be right acting in the, in the name of, uh, your, your, yeah. of the public. I mean, the Sunday yeah. Times really is, it certainly used to be, and I think still is. I mean, people still, once you've, you know, once you've got the habit, you've got the habit. And that's why newspaper businesses work. The Sunday Times is the, is, is the national flagship. It really is, you know. Yeah. And, um, and it's listing really badly, and somebody's got to come to its rescue. Stimpy, so if you were, you were on the Sunday Times, you're now you're, on, you're editing the Sowetan, also a big paper, important to its readers. Um, what would you do if you, if you were now in, in Bongani's position? I mean, what advice can you give him? Because you know, he's, we all know, all of us have edited papers. I'm not sure whether you've had the pleasure yet, Franz, but, it, but, it's, but Max has and, 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 uh, and the rest of us have. And it's quite, it's not lonely, but you definitely, uh, there definitely are some things that you decide on your own. And uh, the more advice you get, you know, the better. I think Bongani started quite well. And maybe the, maybe the criticism can be on all of us because we, we, I worked under him. Uh, at the time when he started investigating the SARS story. Maybe what we did, we delayed in looking at, at, uh, at the Katomena story and delayed in looking at the rendition stories. Mm -hmm. But um, he started well because he came in and started hearing that there have been people who've been knocking at the door of the Sunday Times saying there is something wrong with the story and they wanted to, to, to give their own side of the story. He initiated meetings where we go and and talk to those people and hear them out, did his own investigation. I think in that, in that way, he started quite well. But maybe what, what we didn't do well was to communicate all the decisions that had been, had been taken. For instance, when the decision was taken that the unit could no longer operate the way it did, um, we never really explained to the public. So maybe some of those things that we, we needed to look at to, yeah. to say that if we are going to win the public trust, we should demonstrate what steps we've taken since then. Because, I mean, if you look at yeah. um, the Sunday Times uh, between, I would say, 2016 and now, it had done a lot of very good stories exposing state capture. Yeah. And that kind of stories would have not come our way yeah. if there had not been a change. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I think, but we needed to communicate that to the public. Yeah. I mean, I've always found, and that's why, this is why I did it when I was editing the Financial Mail and Business Day, was to have my own column in the paper, because I mm. used it as a way of writing to readers and telling them what we were doing on the paper, and it worked, it worked, very, worked mm. very nicely. The, the, yeah. Of newspapers. Yeah. I, I can tell you guys still actively in newspapers how important it is for readers to read an apology in a paper. Editors are always a bit scum to publish a, a, an apology prominently, but it helps the paper. People like it. Yeah. They like a journalist owning up to making a mistake. Yeah. And I think this is the effect that this could have. 
Yeah. And maybe he has an idea. Why don't, why don't the, the Sunday Times commission Amabungani? Uh, I was just going to say that. You took it out of my mouth. Give him half a million rand and say, do it for us. Yeah. Well, uh, and it, it, will, it will aid the whole project of journalism in South Africa. Well, that's, that's, a, that's, that's going to be a question for Mashwashwe then. I mean, because really, that's, that's the way you <laughs> that's do this. A, yes, that's you a get, decision you, that I can't Amabungani take Amabungani puts one person, one or two people onto <laughs> the Sunday Times story. They have free, free range throughout the company. Um, uh, and and they write they write ten thousand words and you publish it. It's not a decision that I can take now on th this program. No, but, I understand it. I'm, but like I said, you in a coin. But I mean, it's, like it's, I said, it's a it's, good idea. We are open to all the ideas. Um, I mean, uh, like I said before, that it's not in our interest to um, say this cannot be done. And because, like I said, if the the, the, the main objective, the main, the primary uh, thing that we want to achieve is to restore public trust. Yeah. Mm. And, and I think, you know, Max is completely right that, that readers, audiences like to see people owning up, newspapers, news organizations owning up. I mean, I think the worst thing that we can do um, uh, is be defensive about, about yeah. these things. And I say we because this is not just about the Sunday yeah. Times, it's about journalism generally. Yeah. And I wanted to bounce something at you, Peter. I mean, about a week ago you were writing all of this criticism is simply due to commercial rivalry yeah. and, the, and the Daily Maverick wants to sink the Sunday yeah. Times. I mean, yeah. it struck me at the time as a fairly superficial approach. Yeah. Do you still well, uh, argue well, that? There's a part of that. There's a part of it because because there are some people who do pile into it, and, this, and, and, and Maverick was, was, there were a raft of stories that appeared before that column, before Bonga, it moved Bongani to, 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 to write the apology. There was just this build-up of stories of, of sort of anti-Sunday Times commentary in, coming out of Maverick, and also from Alec Hogg in London. And one of the things that you know, would, would serve them, I, you know, you are, they are media rival, there's no, there's no question about it. And, and, um, you know, if you knock the Sunday Times over, there's a nice big space for you to occupy. And so I'm not saying it's purely motivated um, by money, but neither am I saying when it's coming from rival media companies, neither am I saying, is, neither am I saying that, it's, that, that um, you know, it's completely public-spirited. It can't be. Sure, but I mean, if to, you know, to, to respond to that kind of criticism, I mean, we're now sitting a little yeah. bit later and there's a finding from the Nugent Commission which also points very directly at the Sunday Times. Yeah. It, I just think it comes across as defensive yeah. um, and it comes across as raising flags that Fine. really don't Fine. really deal yeah. with the substance. Because yeah. there's real stuff that's gone on here yeah. and trust really and has been And I did say harmed. that in the article too. You know? mm. I mean, I know that I ended up with the, with the money thing. But I mean, I made the point that this, you know, what had happened, what had been published in the Sunday Times had set us back a decade, and it has, and that people have been damaged in the process. So I do recognize all of that. I was just saying that don't forget that when this stuff has been coming out of rival media houses, that there's also another way, to, another way of looking at it. I might have overdone it a bit, and I apologize. I apologize for that. But, but um, that is a huge story. There's no question about it. One more ad break, and then we'll be back for the last 15 minutes of the show. Welcome, welcome back. So the, the discussion during the break was, was you know, whether, whether one goes the Amabungani route or whether, or whether we get some other unit or some other trusted investigator or investigative journalist uh, to do the real story in the Sunday Times. You had a, th you had a thought about that, Sambiso. Yeah, my, my worry is that because there were too many interpretations of what had happened, both with the SARS story and yeah. with the with the with with, with the Katomena story, 
I mean, in Durban, there are people who will tell you that uh, we've been looking at the text of violence for a very long time. Yeah. What probably surprised them was that the stories then focused on poisons when they were probably yeah. pointing at other generals and other policemen yeah. within, when, within that unit. So I was thinking maybe the best way to investigate it, in, instead of maybe taking Amapungan away, which we always seen as writing counter to the other yeah. guys, we find another credible journalist or group of journalists who go and look at the story and if Where they are commissioned by the Sunday Times. I mean, Times, they're in short supply. Surely there are lots of journalists in this country. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, but I mean, we, we, the, the nice thing about Amabungani is that they, have, they enjoy public trust already. Yes. Sure. Um, uh, they are um, they're not a commercial rival to anybody. Mm. Um, and they're very good at what they do. Um, and I, I don't know, I'm quite drawn to you know, I don't know how much it would cost the company to commission a, um, an investigation like that, Mosh, but, you know, if you want to get out of this jam, I can't think of a better idea than what Max has just had. Um, I agree. Um, to some form of investigation. Hmm. Um, it might not take the form of what Max is suggesting. It yeah. might take the form of um, getting academic experts to look at, you know, in a forensic way to yeah. look at what really happened. Yeah and to prevent it from recurring. Um, that does not necessarily mean maybe, maybe. it might not necessarily. Uh, let's say, for example, there is a panel of experts who looks at it. It does not necessarily mean we cannot yeah. use that to write a story in the Southern yeah. Times. I think one of the British uh, broadcasters did the same thing yeah. on, on, on themselves after the um, Iraq intelligence report famous, yeah. where they looked at what really happened. I mean, you, what you don't want to do is do what Rupert Murdoch did. And he, when he got so sick of the news of the world, he just shut it down. I mean, yeah, in you know. you know, 24 hours, it was, it, it was gone. How would you, um, Franz, how would you, let's leave what happened. How would you, if you were you know, asked to consult on fixing the newsroom, where would you start? Because it's fundamentally well, the same newsroom that you studied way back when Mondley was editor. Yes. Um, I, I mean, I think one would start by having a look at whether it is the same newsroom and mm -hmm. what has changed. Uh, you know, in, in, in his previous um, article, um, Bonganis Koko talks about having changed systems. So one yeah. would really like to understand what those changes are and the extent to which, uh, you know, those have taken root and mm. what difference it has, it has made. Mm. Um, because it is, you know, these things flow out of, it, you know, newsrooms make themselves vulnerable to these yeah. kinds of things. Journalism makes itself vulnerable by particular processes or absences of process or relationships. Yeah. You know, just to, to take one example, I think that what did play a role specifically in the Cato Manor thing, people have used the word narrative, you know, is that you were presented with a couple of facts. You could, you could verify some of them. You maybe chose not to verify all of them. But what you bought into what the explanation for those facts and that was where I think much of what went wrong um, actually went wrong. And you really need to build a voice of skepticism into the newsroom that says, hang on a minute, that may be one set of explanations, but here is another. And those are structural questions that, that become apparent in the way meetings are run, in, in the way copy is, flows from one place yeah. to the other, in the kind of responsibility that sits at the news desk, that sits in conference, those kinds of things. Meetings, so that, you know, meetings are critical. The, and, and the way in which those meetings are held. Yeah. Um, I mean, when we were here, we found the meetings that we saw quite destructive in many ways of real excellence. Well, that's what Slimbisa was talking about. I mean, pe people were just shut down. Mm. Yeah? Um, I, it might not have been you. Somebody was. Somebody was certainly saying that a Sunday Times news conference is not a pretty thing. 
he, he, he was uh, raising uh, it. That's right, of course, that's in your old... Uh, I, I in think your in, in recent years, it, it's been better than during his time. I was yeah. a junior reporter yeah. then, but I had the trauma of attending conference now and again. <laughs> and it's been much better. But yeah. the, the specific problem here has been that he, your investigations unit didn't really account to conference yeah. in the sense that most of the time they will not be coming to yeah. conference because they are out there looking yeah. for stories, presumably. Yeah. And also, most of the stories will come together on a Friday or Saturday, which yeah. is just too little time to... It is too to little really time. There's not sufficient planning. Yeah. Max, I, was, I just wanted to just turn to Max on the phone again. Um, um, the, 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 Max, the sort of structure of... of um, of newsrooms and conferences is, uh, is, is the very heart of, I mean, the conversation is the heart of the newspaper because you can't. Yeah, I, I, can you hear me still? Yeah, um, yeah I, I think the, the, um, the, the conference uh, that you have on a, on a Tuesday, I think, with the Sunday paper is crucial because that's, that's where everything ferments and yeah. people go across uh, specialities and give ideas. And it can be a very creative thing. But here's the thing that I think is not very popular nowadays, is the role of the editor. Uh, I don't know what the systems there are, but the one system that I insist from my own experience as an editor of a newspaper that had published highly risky stuff like Flock Plus and the CCB, yeah. the editor always has to know who is the source. So if if Stefan comes with a fantastic investigation and it's based on a, on, a, on, a, on a confidential source, if you can't persuade that source to meet with the editor, so the editor can look in this guy's eyes and say, I, I think we can trust this, then you can't run that story. Um, that's how I always work. You know, I work with Jacques Poe. Yeah. And, and, and he, he must have met some real characters. He was a wild guy in his young days. Yeah. And I insisted every time I had to meet Dirkutsia, I had to meet all those guys privately and be convinced uh, that, that it's worth taking all, all these risks. So the, the role of the editor uh, is, is absolutely, yeah. absolutely crucial. I want, I want to just turn quickly, Max, while you're, on the, while you're still on the phone, to, to the victims of, 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 what, of what has happened. Um, and I'm talking about Ivan Pillay, Anwar Dramat, Pete Richer, um, what, ha what, what can be done f for them um, th that is out obviously outside the scope of the newspaper, uh, having apologized to them? But should we not be trying to talk to government as well about um, helping them out? I mean, you know, there's this great cry, we've got no expertise left in the Hawks, we've got no expertise left in, in SARS. Well, those guys are experts. Why aren't they already back at their jobs? Yeah. Well, some of them don't want to come back. I mean, but, I mean, you're touching on something that is very important. Uh, I know several of these people personally, and I cannot begin to tell you the devastation that this had caused in their lives. I mean, even a guy like Adrian Lecay, uh, certainly uh, uh, Ivan and, and Johan, uh, and, and Johan Boysen, Johan von Lohenbach, Johan Boysen, Anwar Dramat, these guys' lives had been ripped apart. Yeah. Um, and, and, and now we, we sit here as journalists and we, we care about ourselves. What, what, about, what about them? Yeah, but that's what I'm maybe, asking. I mean... Maybe the Sunday Times should do a piece on all of them and say, these are the guys 
We suffered as a result of this mistake, these mistakes that we had made, yeah. and we honor them. And uh, and I hope uh, people like Ramat uh, and so on can, can go back. But I, uh, most of them are stuff from post-traumatic stress. Yeah. But, I mean, surely, yeah. I just wonder, you know, pe- I mean, we write columns and you write a column and Jack writes columns and, and, and I write columns. Shouldn't we, be, shouldn't we be putting some, even if they don't want to go back, surely they should be offered at least the opportunity um, to go back into an office and to begin to put themselves back together. But even if it's not in the same job, you know, it's just, but, but, but something, that's, something that's fair and reasonable and, 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 and can't. The knowledge and experience of Anwar Dramat and yeah. Shadrach Sabir yeah. and Johan Boysen and Johan van Lofenberg, Peter Richer, Ivan Peller, Adrian Lecay, a whole lot of you them. Can't, you, can't ha- you can't get that any, from any other way. No, you can't. And we desperately need it. Well, somebody's, you know, I mean, it's no good sitting here saying somebody's got to do something, but uh, it's hard to know. You know, the Sunday Times could probably do that, Hamash. I mean, I remember a very powerful cover of, a, of New York magazine after Bill Cosby had been accused of sexually molesting more than 50 women. And they went out and they found every one of them. They took their picture and they put their pictures on the cover. Um, and it would be a very dramatic thing to do to the sun, on the Sunday Times if they went and just acknowledged the victims perhaps more profoundly than they have. Um, uh, simply to say not only that we're sorry, but we, as Max says, we honor you for what, uh, for, for what you've um, for what you suffered. Uh, France. Explain themselves. Yeah. And that's terribly sad. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know how one does it. Maybe each one gets to tell their story uh, in a column once a week, once, once they've yeah. been so honored. Um, but maybe these are all processes that we can, that we can do. But I wanted to ask France, yeah, huh? and, and get paid for the column, yeah. But France, um, um, I'm not sure how much time we've got left, but it's not much. Um, we've got two minutes, I'm told. Just wind this up for us. I mean, this is a, a terrible situation um, uh, to which we've all, you know, we, we all recognize it. And, you know, as you say, I made my, my cynical contribution the other, the other week. Um, but I, I was trying to encourage Bongani, and I liked it. I'm, I'm glad I did that. Um, and uh, I just wonder whether there's a, from someone who's detached from the Sunday Times now as you are, whether there's advice that you could give to Moshweshwe that he could give to the managers when they return from China about this program, um, about what we can do going forward. Well, <clears throat> I think it would start along the lines that we've discussed and that I think there needs to be more work done to unpack exactly what went wrong in this particular case. Um, secondly, I think that there is going to need to be yet another look of some sort internally or externally at processes to identify the vulnerabilities that make this possible. I mean, if it's simply a question, as, as, as Tembiso says, of, of a unit, an investigative unit that uh, kind of ran out of control, then, um, you know, and that's been dealt with, then maybe that's been dealt with. But I would certainly want, I would certainly think that one wants to look at that. But I think and this is maybe not directed so much at the Sunday Times, but as I think we have to, all of us who are involved in journalism in one, kind of, in one way or another, need to recognize that this has damaged us all. And we need to, and I mean maybe Sanif, the Sanif Initiative recognizes that, we need to recognize that as a profession, in a country where every now and again we hear talk of a media appeals tribunal and all of that kind of thing, 
uh, we need to address the loss of trust that we've all suffered as a result of what's happened. There we go. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for being with us. That's it for tonight. We'll see you again next week.